Hey, Drew Dixon, back with you for another Bible Thump. And uh, if it's cool with you, I would like to take a break from the Gospel of Mark and look at a passage from 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter 5, in fact. And you know what? It is cool with you because you're a cool person and you don't mind. So thanks for understanding. Uh, this is 1 Peter 5, and I'm going to start in verse 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. Through Sylvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly in order to encourage you to testify that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about anxiety, and I want to talk about this because it's a big deal, um, and it's maybe even a bigger deal today than perhaps ever before in our culture. Did you know that Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting about 40 million adults uh, age 18 and over. Um, so 18.1% of the U.S. population every year. Uh, it's a big deal among children, too. Anxiety disorders affect about 21.5% of children between the ages of 13 and 18. So that would tell us that this stuff is on the rise. And by the way, as I talk about anxiety, I want to be really clear, like, there are some of you that may be listening to this that need to go get help, and I want to encourage you to do that. Um, the Bible is not a fix-all for every problem that you have. Yes, the Bible provides solutions and answers. Yes, the Bible provides us hope and gives us direction and can comfort us. And yes, it has answers to problems like anxiety, but it's not a fix-all. And you may be experiencing anxiety on such a deep level that you need to go seek professional help. So please don't hear what I'm about to tell you as a, like as a magic salve or as a magic bullet to fix all your problems with anxiety. Um, if you're really low, um, talk to somebody. Uh, go seek help. Uh, that said, um, I do think that the scriptures give us some direction. They give us an anchor that can help us with the type of anxiety that we that most of us face. Um, so even if we're not in that percentage of people that have uh, a diagnosable anxiety disorder, we're all anxious people these days. And I think maybe it's even been worse this year in 2020 and then on into 2021 where um, there's so many like just stuff. It's just constant. Um, here in Nashville where I live, uh, just last night there was a serious thunderstorm that put a lot of people out of power. Um, out, out, you know, and uh, there's political reasons to be upset. There's um, social media as a huge source of anxiety. And then add to that everything that you're juggling with your family, with your friends, with your work, um, with your extended family. And we have a recipe for feeling really anxious, feeling really uncertain about what's going to come in the future and whether we're going to be okay, whether we're going to be supported and cared for, and um, whether we're going to have a bright future. So here's what I want to be really clear about in this passage, um, and it's a really beautiful truth, and it's this. Whatever is causing you anxiety, God cares about. And he not only cares about it, 
but he wants you to cast it on him. He wants you to unburden yourself and give those anxieties to him. He doesn't want you to pretend like they don't exist. He wants to help you with them. Um, so I want to ask you a question. Think about this. Let's put, a, let's put a positive spin on this. What could you do? What would you be able to accomplish in life if you really believed and lived like God is for you, like he is in your quarter, like he loves you and supports you and cares for you? Um, I think that's what Peter's opening our minds to here, is that if we really believe that God cared for us, that he was in our corner, that he was for us, wouldn't that change our perspective? Wouldn't that give us the strength and, and courage we need to maybe do some difficult things that we know are important, but good and necessary? So whatever's causing you anxiety, he cares about. Peter doesn't specify the exact source of our anxieties, but he does give us some clues based off um, what he says about suffering, right? It seems that Part of this is tied to suffering, perhaps even some kind of persecution. In Asia Minor, the that's the the churches that Peter wrote this letter to were churches in ancient Asia Minor, and um, the persecution that was going on at the time that Peter wrote this lesson, this uh, letter, was not like super severe persecution. There weren't Christians being executed for their faith, but it was more like social pressures. Like Christians were kind of being looked down upon, made fun of, um, ostracized a bit in public and in Asia Minor for being Christians. And so um, it's in light of that kind of persecution that uh, Peter says, um, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at a proper time he might, he might exalt you, casting all your anxiety on him. Um, so you can see what might be causing people in ancient Asia Minor to be anxious, to feel uncertain, to feel unsafe. And that was likely that they weren't exactly welcome. They weren't exactly accepted. They were kind of looked down upon for being Christians at the time. Um, and when, when, and by the way, I want to be really clear, like when Peter says, cast all your anxieties on him, this is not Peter saying, let go and let God. Most of the things in our lives that are anxiety-inducing, by the way, are not things that we can just give up on. They're not things we can afford to stop giving attention to. Um, you can't turn off your mind and not worry about the people that are making fun of you and the people that are looking down upon you. But to put this in a modern context for us, you can't afford to stop giving attention to your family. You can't stop affording to give attention to your spouse. If, if your spouse is struggling, is going through a really hard time, um, you can't and that, that's going to cause you anxiety too, isn't it? And you can't afford to ignore them. You can't afford to ignore, ignore your children, your job, your financial situation. Um, these are all things we, we have to give our thought and attention to. And so when he says, cast all your anxieties on him, he's not saying just throw these over to God, say, all right, God, you fix this. Um, but what he is inviting us to do is to unburden ourselves, to give to our God who cares about us, some of our burden. And so I think there's three ways that we can unburden ourselves. And these are going to sound like really obvious maybe to some of you. I don't know, but let's unpack them a bit and I think we'll find some hope here. So three ways we can unburden ourselves through prayer, number one. Number two, through community. And number three, through theology. Um, so Satan would love nothing more than to paralyze us in our anxiety. But listen, 
what we believe about God can contribute to or ease our anxiety. That's why I bring up theology, and it's also partly why I bring up prayer, because prayer helps us reconnect with our theology, what we believe about God. Prayer helps us put our theology into action. So both those things kind of go together. But throughout this passage, Peter's reminding us about God. And just before this, he said this. Just before the passage I read, Peter said this, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So God's posture to the proud is one of um, opposition, and his posture to the humble is one of grace. God gives undeserved favor, care, support to those who humble themselves, to those who look to him and say, I need you. So here's a really beautiful a really beautiful truth, and it's this. It's that if you'll just recognize your need, God will help you. Sometimes that's all that's keeping us from the help and courage and support. We need to do something difficult. It's just this realization that you can't do it on your own that you're not going to be able to fix it yourself, that you need help, that you need God. You need the help and strength that he can give. If we just realize that he could help us, oftentimes maybe we would find the courage we need to do something that's really important or difficult. Um, so you can see how bringing these things to God in prayer and and bringing to them to, them to him in prayer with an awareness of who he is can help us let go of our burden a little bit, can help us unburden ourselves and find the support that we need. So we've talked a little bit about prayer and theology, um, but listen, if you believe, like I did at some point in my at one point in my life, and still I struggle with this, honestly, I really do, I struggle with this sometimes, but if you believe, like I did at various points in my life, that God merely tolerates you, that he puts up with you, then, then when suffering comes, you'll see it as his disfavor or disappointment. Or when temptation comes, you'll give in and you'll fall into despair, feeling like you just lost what little favor with God you had. So how can good theology lessen anxiety and alleviate suffering? Well, it gives us perspective. It reminds us that God doesn't just tolerate us. He's not just loving us because we barely merit his attention. He doesn't love us um, because he feels obligated to. Just because we don't deserve his grace doesn't mean he gives it to us begrudgingly. Doesn't mean that he's like, oh, I guess I'll give you some of my favor and love. No, he saves us because he loves us. I mean, these are some of the most, most, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, right? John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So our salvation is rooted not in, um, you know, our effort or, or anything else. It's not, And it's not um, something that God just barely decides to give to us. Our salvation is rooted in his love for us. Um, I think of Romans 5, 8, 2, which says that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? Uh, God, and, and before that, it says God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So our salvation, our acceptance before God is rooted in his love. He wasn't obligated. He wanted us. That's why Jesus went to the cross. He wanted a relationship with you. 
And the things that cause us anxiety, by the way, are not annoying to God. I think that's what we see in this passage. Um, Have you ever had like a really emotionally needy friend? Someone who every time you talk to them, they seem to have discovered a new unsolvable problem to add to their list of their long list of unsolvable problems that they always throw on you. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say when I've had those kinds of friends that I've been super patient and kind and understanding towards such people, but if I'm honest, sometimes I find those kinds of people really annoying. And sometimes I feel like I just can't deal with it, right? Um, do you ever think about God that way? That he's like, I just don't, he's like, don't give me another problem. Don't tell me about another problem in your life. I'm tired of hearing about it. (laughs) Do you ever think that God's annoyed with all of our many anxieties and problems? Uh, Be honest. Sometimes we feel like we must be annoying to God because of all of our frustrations and needs and anxieties. But what does Peter say? Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So think about this. Think about your anxieties. Think about the various anxieties in your lives. Think about the anxieties that are your fault. There's some that are. There's some of the sources, things in anxiety, uh, that are sources of anxiety in our life that are areas where we're making poor decisions, where we're making selfish decisions that are hurting us and the people around us. So those are sources of anxiety. Think about so think about the sources of anxiety that are your fault. Think about the ones that aren't. Sometimes we face a lot of anxiety because there's things outside of our control. There's other people around us making poor decisions that are negatively affecting us and them. Think about the sources of anxiety in your life that are a really big deal. Um, big problems at home big problems in your job. Maybe you feel like you're really close to losing your job if you mess up again. Um, Think about the sources of anxiety that are really big, like a broken relationship with a a close friend or a broken relationship with, with a spouse or a child. So think about the sources of anxiety that are big deal, the ones that aren't too. Like maybe just, um, you know, you just had a rough morning. Maybe you just, um, you know, and you think, ah, oh, this is not, this is, this, this shouldn't matter to God. This is not a big deal, but it's, man, I just, nothing seemed to go right this morning getting ready for work, and I just don't feel ready for the day. Um, or maybe it's just a little nagging fight with your children or your spouse or whatever, just, just a small little fight that, um, but it's a source of anxiety. Um, whether it's a big deal, whether it's a small deal, whether it's things that are, are your fault or, or aren't, um, we are highly skilled at being anxious and being overcome by anxious thoughts. But listen, all those things are anxieties he wants you to cast on him, that God wants you to cast on him. Um, Think about the people that you are failing. Think about the people that are failing you. Think about your children, your spouse, your future, your job, your friendships, your family, your financial situation, your mission, your evangelism, your broken relationships, your attitude, your actions, your schedule. What do all these things have in common? The thing that all these things I just mentioned have in common are that they all fall into the category of things God cares about because he cares about you. 
these things all fall into the category of things that could cause anxiety to, uh, anxiety to us, could be areas where uh, parts of our lives we're anxious about, that God says, let me help you with these things. Cast these upon me. Unburden yourself in prayer to me. Unburden yourself by remembering who I am. I'm the God who is big, and, I, and I'm the God who is with you and for you. He cares for you. Cast your anxieties on him. He is the God of all grace, Peter tells us. Peter goes on to tell us he has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. You see how, how Peter's reminding us things about God and about theology that, that ground us and that give us perspective in the midst of, of anxiety-inducing thoughts and anxiety-inducing situations. He's the God of all grace. He has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. He will restore, establish, strengthen, and support you. And Peter says he will do all these things after you have suffered for a little while. In other words, he's saying the suffering you're currently facing, the anxiety that you're currently facing, the situations that are you're currently facing that are that are, are really making you uncertain and, and concerned, those are temporary. They'll only happen for a little while. And you have a God who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, and he will restore you. The way things are going right now are not the end of the story for you. He will establish you. He will give you a firm foundation. He will strengthen you. He will support you. He will see you through. He is for you. The God of the Bible, the God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, is pro you. He's in your corner. No one, no one is more committed to your flourishing than God is. That is really good news. Last thing I want to say is I want to mention something really quickly about community. Peter reminds us that the same kinds of suffering that Christians in Asia Minor were facing are being experienced by believers throughout the world. And remember, this wasn't like super serious persecution. This was like ostracization. This was uh, being made fun of, that kind of thing. So listen, um, what Peter's saying there is that you're not alone in your anxiety, and your anxiety is not special. Sorry, you're not special. (laughs) No, you are special to God, but your suffering is not unique to just you. There are people that are going through very similar things all over the world, and that's encouraging in a way. Um, And by the way, Peter says the start of this passage, humble yourselves, plural. There's an implied context to this passage. This this letter was written to churches uh, full of believers who were living in relationship with one another, who joined together for fellowship, for breaking bread, for prayer, um, for worship. And so um, I want to remind you that we're in this together. If you're overcome with anxiety, cast those on God, but cast them also on your brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't be afraid to open up. Don't feel like you'll overburden them. The Bible commands us to bear one another's burdens. So if you have brothers and sisters in Christ, sisters and brothers in Christ, uh, fellow uh, Christians in your life who who you know love you, they want they'll, they're going to want to carry those burdens with you. They're going to want to know what's going on with you. They're going to want you to speak up. Uh, bear each other's, bur- each other's burdens and sorrows. We're in this together. So as a reminder, what is God's posture towards our anxiety? Um, he cares about it. He's not indifferent. And what is yours? Do you care um, to go to God? Do you believe that God is for you? Are you willing to humble yourself so that you'll see your need 
for his care and support. When we do that, God strengthens us and positions us to where we'll be prepared and strengthened and equipped to bear the burdens and support the people around us in ways that will be life-giving and encouraging and empowering to them. If Jesus is willing to bear our anxiety, we ought to be willing to listen to and hear and bear the anxiety of our neighbors. Your feelings and the feelings of your friends aren't enemies to be vanquished. Um, They're people to be supported. So let's support our friends. Let's humble ourselves before God because of his posture towards pride and humility. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So let's give up on thinking we can do this on our own and by ourselves. Let's look to God. Let's look to community. Let's remember who he is. And let's trust that he's given us the gift of prayer and the gift of one another to strengthen us, to see us through, to support us. That's really, really good news. Um, We'll see you again next week. Thanks. Thanks.